This is a podcast where we play Richie Mahjong together. No. I hope you all are ready to learn to play this game. You may need to... Well... No. It depends on the style of tiles you have. Oh my goodness. Style tiles. If the Americanized tiles have numbers on them, so you don't have to memorize the Japanese characters. Do you literally know how to play Mahjong? Yeah. Should I have brought my own tiles? everyone and welcome to another episode of Make Believe Heroes, an actual play Mahjong podcast. Fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure for all ages. I am your dungeon master and my name is Paul and tonight I'm joined by five friends of mine. I'm Jeffrey and I play Mahjong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Felicia and I play Mogurt Stonefire, also Sudoku. Ew, that's gross. Sudoku's good. You're gross. I know. Face is gross, Jeffrey. Hi, I'm Ezra, and I play <laughs> Claren Dree, Later. and also Minesweeper. Minesweeper? I've been playing Minesweeper. Okay. My name's Zach. I play Chris, and I like to keep it basic with Uno. I'm Sam. I play Dorgan Strong Eyes, and I also <laughs> am sad to say that I play Call of Duty Mobile. Oh, no! Oh, yikes. Yikes. Not why mobile? I'm actually playing Golf Clash at the moment. It's okay. Listen, I, I did play Call of Duty Mobile one time. I deleted it. I have it on my phone if you just want to skip this session. <laughs> my name is Paul, and I play Rocket League on the Switch because it rocks. He's bad at Rocket League. I'm not bad at Rocket League. He's not bad. All right, we're going to get into the action, but first, let's just quickly move through a couple things up front. Let's do it. First of all. Patreon.com slash MakeBelieveHeroes. That's where you can go and support us. And if you support us, you can interact with us on Discord. Uh, depending on what you want to do and get into which tier, you can get extra episodes of the show. It's like bonus episodes, not like extra actual heroes episodes, but the uh, the special MBH Play stuff. We're going to have a cool Halloween special coming up soon. You can check that out. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, if you support us, we'll give you a shout-out. Just like... Tony Simmons. Tony! Good man, Tony. You rock. Tony. Tony. Hey, Tony. Oh, that was weird. Thank you for supporting us uh, uh, for being yeah, a I was eating Doritos, so I'm late. Tony! Tony! Thank you for support us. Doesn't matter how much, $1 tier, whatever, we will shout you out on the show, and we will also be eternally grateful and love you forever. So let's get some other stuff. You say, you know what? I love you guys, but I don't really have uh, some extra cash to throw your way. That's fine. We we appreciate you. You know what you can do to help us though? Help us get noticed. Help us to get uh, you know a, a good rating on iTunes or on um, what are some of the other ones? Podcatcher, I think is the one. Is that it? No, uh, maybe that is it. Good Pods. Go to Good Pods. Follow us on there and give us a review on there. Uh, and if you leave us a five star review, we will read it live on the show, just like this one that Jeffrey is going to read right now. This. Review was written by someone who likes podcasts. That's true. Oh. That's who it was written by. That works. Okay. Like, that's actually their name. Wow. Yes. Sweet. And the title of the review is Good. Good. And it is from a person from Ireland. The review says, Tis a good podcast. That's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you so much, Perfect. someone who likes podcasts. We appreciate that review. Yes. We also believe it is a good podcast. Very nice. And uh, we thank you. Uh, we also have one more special treat for those of you uh, who, for ye- some reason, I can't understand, <sighs> want this. Uh, we have a review. It is a period in the title and a period in the body of the review, and it is from Hadassah Spectre. And uh, Jeffrey is now going to improv this review as promised. Jeffrey, take it away. Mm. Mm. This five-star review, Mm -hmm. this review was written by Hadassah Spectre. And it says, This D&D podcast has a lot of good features. Mm. It has great editing and lots of good sound effects. Very spicy from BattleBards. It just needs more lycanthropes. Wow. And specifically, Kjorg should be able to use his lycanthrope powers whenever he wants to. (laughs) Other than that, 10 out of 10 podcast. Everyone should listen. Other than that. Other than that. If we could just fix that, it'd be an 11 out of 10. And that's all it says. That was very specific. Uh, Thank you, Hadassah Spectre. I hope it was everything that you dreamed and thought it would be. Now let's get down to some Dungeons and Dragons. Are you ready? Business. Dungeons. To defeat the Huns. We left y'all in in a tough spot. Let's find out how tough it's going to be. Yes. Let's have a moment of silence. (laughs) Let's have a a moment of silence for your party. Okay, everyone. I just rolled a nat 20. No, you didn't. You rolled a nat 20. You rolled a nat 20. Okay, everyone. Uh... Wait, you rolled a nat 20 on the episode where we're surrounded by... Cannibalistic orcs. I'm so excited. I'm never going to catch my breath. Say goodbye to those who knew me. What was I full in school for cutting Jim? All right, y'all. One of Jeffrey's favorite characters in this episode. So let's talk about what happened last time on Make Believe Heroes. That's not the noise. Last time our party exited the mining tunnels inside of the Icefall Mountains. They descended the turning path that led down the side of the cliff, but before they could even reach the earth below, they felt the cold sinking deep into their bones. Mogert, Claren, and Chris were especially struggling at first, while Torgan and Kjorg were able to sort of, you know, grin and bear it, if you will. As they traveled forward, moving slowly at first, but over time acclimating somewhat, it got colder, the snow thicker, until they finally came upon a somewhat precarious place in the path. There was a pass that went between two mountains. And in the shadow of these mountains, Torgan knew that often predators would await their prey. Even though Torgan kept an open eye for any danger as they approached, Kjorg, Torgan, Claren, and Mogert were all caught up in an enormous net held 20 or 30 feet above the ground. And just then, the vicious and feral cannibalistic orc clan, the Longfangs, began swinging in on their ropes and calling on their horns. Frantically, they began to try and cut themselves free from the net, but luckily, Chris escaped the trap and fired a giant fireball upward, releasing them from the net. As they fell to the ground, they quickly dispatched the two orcs that were nearby, running out into the open snow, out from the pass, just in time to see a small army of this clan running down the mountainside and across the icy plains toward them. Y'all dead. (laughs) We dead. I would like to say it's been fun, and um, 
I'm going to cast a lightning bolt at myself. I'm just kidding. All right. So you all are running. Torgan uh, was the first one to run, so I'm assuming he's in the front. Um, we can just... Y'all want to stick with the initiative order we had before? Yes. I'm cool with yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Y'all rolled pretty well, so I'll let you stick with it if you want to. Torgan took off on his turn, and Claren took a turn as well at the end, so we'll pick up right after Claren. Claren, you're running behind Torgan. Yep. You dispatched one of the orcs, and now you can all see these orcs are barreling toward you all. You need to keep running. Kjork, it is your turn. Are you running forward as fast as you can? Yes. You can see many of these orcs, more than 10, probably more than 20, converging on you. With a quick glance back, there's a couple things that do stand out to you. Some are on foot. They tend to be in front. But others are coming from a bit farther back, and they are on mounts. A couple of them, with your keen eye, you can see quite clearly, are something wolf-like. They don't exactly look like wolves. They're a bit too big, a bit too monstrous-looking, and they're covered in white and dark gray fur. Yes, there are orcs on their backs as they're running towards you. But you do also see one figure on your left side who is probably closest, who is holding a horn up and blowing it. There is this big orc riding on the back of what looks like an enormous white fur, or would you say feathered (laughs) halbear? What? What? Now we have to kill this whole army so Kjorg can get his halbear. Kjorg is heartbroken. Uh, what do you do? Are you running? Yes. Okay, how close are they to us? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm going to say they're probably a solid 70 or 80 feet away from you. They're, they're behind you. You guys break That's out. It's not that far. It's not that far. Like, they could catch up to you, but if you guys are spending all of your turn running, then it's going to take them a little bit to catch up. And what is in the direction that we're running? We'll treat this like a skills challenge right now. Why don't you roll me either a perception check or investigation, something like that? Okay. That's a eight. Right now, what you see is snow falling. Uh, the sun, Torgan told you guys before, you didn't have much time, and then you travel a little bit further. The sun is on its descent. Uh, you can no longer see it in the sky. It's behind the mountains, and it's, it's approaching that darker hour. So you can't really see any safe place to get to right now. Uh, but you do know that forward is better than behind. Keep running? Yes, I keep running for now. Chris? Yes, I'm running. You're running. Are you spending your full turn doubling your speed as a sprint running? Yeah, I'm probably dashing. I'm not going to try to do anything. You can, I mean, you can make a perception check if you want to. You're also looking for somewhere to go. Yeah, let me do that. Okay. Uh, It's a 23. Okay. Uh, Up ahead, you see... uh, a lot of open ground, snow, ice. In the side of the mountain to your left, there does seem to be some sort of a cleft in the rock, maybe a cavern, something like that, that you could run into. I think I would just call that to the rest of the group, like, hey, there's a cave up to our left, and then kind of just point. Mogert. Yes. Running? Running fast. You see the same cavern up ahead. So I'm going to start... I guess dash toward that. Okay, running toward the cave? Yes. Torgan? Torgan will run toward the cave, and he's also going to cast Find Traps. Okay. Wishing that he'd done that a while ago. (laughs) And what that does is you sense the presence of any trap within range that's within line of sight. 
instantaneous. So it's something that happens right now. So like if there is a trap anywhere that you can see, then you spot that trap. I'm going to say that you immediately do sense a trap, but it is straight ahead of you. It is not toward the cavern. Okay. Then he'll just keep running toward the cavern. Okay. Jorg, do you also, and Claren, do you two also turn toward the cavern and run? Yeah. Okay, they're gaining on you. Yes, I will do that. I need a d20 roll from everybody. You can use athletics for this. Got a 19. Five. 19 total for me. Uh, who got over a 13? I got a one. I got a two minus one. What did Mogert get? <laughs> 11. Mogert, you do have advantage because you are uh, currently raging. 19 plus seven. Okay. So, Torgan and Claren, you both sort of stumble, and the others are, are getting past you. They're, they're moving ahead of you. And you can uh, hear the howls of these beasts behind you and the shriek of the Powell Bear. Uh, and the horns of the orcs uh, riding and yelling, marching towards you, and it feels like they're right on your ankles. I mean, you can see they're still a bit back, but they are making really good headway uh, to catch up with you. You guys are probably within, uh, you know, you've still got a chance to make it into that cavern before they catch up to you, but we're going to have to have another round of rolls. Let's have another one. Where there's a whip, there's a way. Athletics again. Wait, we're rolling again? Yes, yes, yes. Another athletics. Torgan rolled another five and starts praying to the vetter. <laughs> <laughs> I got a five minus one. <sighs> Who got over a 13? I got 13. That's a 15 total for me. I got a nat 20. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so still, that's two successes and three failures. Oh, oh I'm sorry. You succeeded too, Moker. I'm, th- I'm wrong. It's three successes and yeah. two failures. So that is a success. Um, you guys can see Torgan hey. and Claren are both kind of stumbling, uh, but since I'm calling this a group check, you kind of like help, like grab, push. Maybe one of you pushes them and gives them that extra boost or whatever yeah. just to keep them up with you. And uh, the the group behind you that is rushing to try and catch up, they rolled very poorly. They rolled a two on the dice. Uh, and even if I give their strength mod, it's still not over a five or a six. So they don't catch up much this round. You guys are just within reach of the doorway. I need one more roll. Wow. See There's if you can get into this cavern before win. they catch up to you. That's a dirty 20. Uh, that is a 15. 14. Mogert got a 17. Six. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, everybody else succeeded, Claire. So they drag you along. You guys make it into the cavern. Come on, uh, come on, come happen. on. Pushing, pushing. They're howling right behind you. I'm rolling. They, oh, they did okay. They passed, but they're they're right on your feet. You're running in. You're barreling forward. Just, I mean, you're digging as deep as you can. You're rushing. You're pushing. You're running. And the moment that you pass, oh, like into the shade, if you will, of the overpass above you into this cavern, you like turn, like sliding on the snow and running in. You run inside this cavern. You keep running, but then you you kind of like you almost stutter and stop and pause for a second because. For one thing, it's immediately warmer in here. Nice. For another thing, there's like green grass nice. all over the ground. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. We're in Iceland. There is a... Uh, nice. There's this nice, cozy little two-story wooden cabin right in front of you. There's smoke coming up out of the out of the chimney. What? Um, it's like you've just suddenly hey. stepped into... I mean, it's like picturesque. It's like this perfect little... Like an oasis, you know? I mean, I mean, it's in the darkness of this cavern. 
uh, but there's enough light shining in. You can see everything quite well. There's some glow of fire inside the house shining through the windows. There's a little staircase with an awning over top of it leading to a doorway. Uh, there's like some, you know, there's mulch in the flower beds and nice little flowers. Torgan rubs his eyes and like looks back at the mouth of the, of the cave mm-hmm. and looks nope. back at the house and like does a couple double takes. And you see orcs turning the cave mouth and running towards you guys, howling, blowing their horns. They're still chasing you. Oh! They are about to enter the cave. What do you do? Into the cave? Go in the house. Keep Get running. Get ready. Go in the house. You guys run forward. You run up. Hurriedly, you just kind of, you're looking around. It's like a cherry wood door. It's beautiful. The only thing you can see on it, I mean, you're all like, somebody's scrambling for the door. Like, who's in the front? Torgan was in the front. Torgan's in the front. Torgan. All right, Torgan, you, you're back in the front here. You're running. You're running. You get in front. You're like fumbling for the door. You're trying to get it open. The orcs are behind you. They're blowing their horns. They're growling and roaring and whatever else. And uh, the only thing, as, as you're like swinging the door open, Mogert, you, you're like right there. You can see there's like a sign on the door. The only thing on the sign on this door, there's no writing. There's nothing. It looks like a bunch of messy, like overlapping paw prints. Oh, what no. the crap? You swing the door open, Torgan. You run in. Yes. Does everybody run in with him? Yes. Yep. Yeah. You shut the door behind you? Shut the door, slam it, and put my back against it. Mogert will also do that. Before I run in. Okay, Kjord, before you, before you run in. I say, I'm the Mogador, the people's champion. And then I flex my muscles, and then I run through the door and slam it. <laughs> okay. Okay. You got to introduce yourself, I guess. You run in. The door is shut. Torgan's got his back to it. Mogert's also helping him hold the door. You're just going to try to hold the door? Yeah. Torgan's going to look for a chair to do the, uh, you the know, door thingy? lock yeah. the yeah. door with a chair thing. Yeah. There are chairs. There are table, a few tables and chairs. In there I'll be, we'll, chair. all, we'll get chairs and tables, and we're all it. just pulling them over to the door. We have one or like 68 problems. They're just going to burn this place to the ground. You hear the roaring, you hear the horns, and then you hear the sound of them colliding with the door, and they are beating on the door. And you hear like deep voices yelling out in orcish, like yanking on the door and trying to get in right now. They're just still wailing on the door and beating. What do they say? Um, let us in. That's basically what they're saying. Open this door. You can't escape us. And then it all like kind of stops. Uh, you all hear this, and just like Kjorg said, like you're you're thinking, holy cow, what's gonna happen? It seems like the door, like they're hitting the door really hard. You hear the howls and the scratching of beasts, etc. And it, like you're thinking, any moment they're gonna they're gonna break the door down, and then it all just kind of like dies off for a second. Hmm? It's like they just kind of stop for a moment. I open the door. <laughs> no, <laughs> they've got the door blocked with chairs and tables and everything. They're pushing stuff against it. All of a sudden, you start hearing something else. Oh crap! You hear screams. Nice from outside. You hear yelling and screaming. It sounds like altercation, some sort of skirmish, cries getting cut off suddenly. There's this loud commotion of what almost sounds like a war or a battle outside for just, feels like seconds and then complete silence. It is, uh, it's quiet out there. Are there any windows? There are windows. If there's an upstairs... Torgan is going to go upstairs. I'll tell you what you see. You're looking, like, from the door you just came in, yeah, there are two, like, normal-sized glass windows on either side. You can step over to them and look. Mogert, you step over to one and look? Yes. 
Uh, Torgan, you start to look around the room. You're looking for maybe a, uh, a staircase that heads upstairs. Mulgert, you look out the window and you see a completely serene scene. Nice grass in the yard, the flowers, you can see them. Hmm. It's quiet. There's no sign of blood, viscera, and or weapons or furs or creatures or bones or anything like that. There's just nothing. That's not good. Mogret's gonna. Is there like a uh, like a window shade, like a cover or like a blind or yeah, something? There's like a there's a there's not a blind, but there's so like a, a, a curtain. Yeah, curtain. So she pulled the curtain back to look, mm-hmm. pulls it closed, mm-hmm. opens it again. Okay. Does it one more time? <laughs> uh huh. Opens it again. Doesn't change. Uh, Torgan. What? Something's going on here. Look. Jorgen, you do see a uh, what looks like a staircase off to one side. There's a doorway without a door in it. There seems to be a landing that goes to a staircase upstairs. Uh, what's going on, Moger? There's no one outside. Huh? What do you mean? Look. It's a, it's an ambush. It's an ambush. Come upstairs. And Torgen will go upstairs. I, I knew I scared them away. <laughs> There's no one out there. Like... Kyorgi might have scared them away. There's no one there. Ha. Torgan tries to go to an upstairs window. You go over to the doorway and you're about to go up the stairs, but before you take your first step onto the stairs, you die. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, um, you hear a noise. You all hear a noise. Sounds like a little bitty bell ringing. It's a cat. That's freaking terrifying. Is it the Candle King? Then you hear the sound of, of what sounds like a little, you know, like a doggy door, like a little flap. And then you turn, and running into the room is a little corgi. Is it the corgi? <laughs> He's got a little bell around his neck. He's like, uh, you know, tan furred, brown furred, uh, golden furred corgi. Corgi. I'm going to say corgi every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little golden furred corgi. He's got a little. Uh, he's got like a little collar around his neck with a little bell attached to it. He's got this uh, like leather strap around his belly and onto his back that holds like a tray onto his back. And he just kind of comes up to you guys, and he like yips. Oh, he's also got a, a an eye patch over his right eye, and like white tips on his ears. Mogert's definitely gonna like get down on the floor with it and start just petting it. <gasps> Look okay. at this cute little dog! Oh my gosh! Look at that! That's so cute. Pet the dog. <laughs> yeah, she's petting it. Roll me a dexterity save. I'm just kidding. Don't roll me a dexterity save. <laughs> <laughs> Bite your hand off. No. When he sees that you're going to show him attention, he immediately comes up to you and allows you to pet his head and his back and all that good stuff. He does not like lay down and roll over, though, because he's got the tray on his back and he takes his job seriously. Is there anything on the tray? Uh, the tray is empty right now, um, but if you step up and take a look, you can see he does have a collar and there is a like a name tag hanging off of it. Torgan will take a look at the name tag. It says Bartholomew. What? Nice. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Before we get too deep into this, I want to clarify. I'll just go ahead and tell you now. This is an NPC creation from one of our patrons. Amazing. Wow. (laughs) Bartholomew. This is from uh, from Madlock, who you all know. Nice. Very nice. Created this NPC, and so uh, enjoy. I just didn't want y'all to think I'm. uh, This is all me because I think it's great. So anyway. It's amazing. Okay. Bartholomew is there. He is uh, he is allowing the pets, but after a moment, he just kind of stands up and he looks around at you all. And then he, like, comes around to the backside of you all and he begins to, like, yip and nudge you in a certain direction. What is it, boy? He just, like, keeps trying to, like, nudge you and he runs over to a table where there's five chairs. 
and he looks up at you. And he runs back over and he nudges you and he runs back to the table and he looks up at you. Uh, I have a seat. Mm, you go over to the table yeah. and have a seat? Yes. Yeah, I go sit down. You all go over to the table and have a seat? Yeah. When he sits down, I go sit down. Torgan? Yeah, Torgan will be last, but he'll take a peek out the window and then sit down. You look out the window, Torgan, and it is it's getting dark out there. The sun is, you can tell, it's like almost dark. And now looking out there and seeing, you see the serene green grass and this nice little scene inside this cavern. And then at the edge, you see as the sun is getting almost too dark to see that it is still a frozen, icy wasteland out there. You suddenly feel just the sense of warmth and comfort in this place. It, it, and you kind of look around, and as you're walking toward the table, you see, you kind of take it in for the first time. And it's it's all wooden. It's, a, it's made out of what looks like the best chosen wood you could possibly have. There's a lot of cherry accents in places. There are oh, intricate designs around, like um, like crown molding. You know, there's a beautiful little chandelier in the middle of the room. There is a bar on the opposite side, um, and it looks like an inn, but like a fancy inn, not a huge one where a bunch of people come. A night like nicer than the Waxing Way Inn or the Waning Way Inn, both of which you spent plenty of time in. Way nicer than the Hog Trough Inn. I mean, it is just a nice, quaint, little, fancy place. Probably kind of pricey, you would expect, from the looks of it. You walk over, take a seat. The moment that you sit down, Bartholomew turns, and he, he just kind of takes off, hopping, jogging through, and he jumps through the little doggy door, just whoop, leaps right through. You hear a little rustling around, and then he comes back through again, and he walks up, and he, like, puts his front paws up on Mogert's leg, and he, like, nuzzles your hand, and Aww. you can see that, like strapped in now on his little tray on his back there are five pieces of paper with our death warrants oh what is going on who's a good boy Bartholomew and Mogret <laughs> will grab the papers what the very kind dog uh they're menus <gasps> are you hungry anyone yeah is meat on the menu boys <laughs> Mogret will pass out the menus to everybody Dog, where, where's your master? Come here, where's your master? He comes over to you, he, he kind of sits, looks up at you. Do you, un- do you understand me? <laughs> Can I follow you to your master? He doesn't make a sound, he just sits there looking at you and he looks at the paper in your hand, or <sighs> the menu she handed you, and he looks at you. Okay, Torgan will take a look at the menu. He's very smart. Uh, the menu's got a few things on it. it says, uh, soup of the day. And there's a little dash, and it says minestrone. It's got uh, specials for the day. Pot roast, mashed potatoes with brown gravy. Uh, all day breakfast served. Mm. Oh, I want some of that. And then there's like a salad listed. And there's like a little checkbox beside each one. He kind of like hops up on your leg there, Torgan, and he uh, like opens his mouth. He drops out something onto your pan. It looks like a little piece of bone. Torgan picks it up. It's actually a little pin. <laughs> it's like a little handcrafted pin. Uh, Amazing. You got, you got coffee. He uh, he like barks. Torgan writes coffee on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Bartholomew then goes around to each of you and he uh, like waits for you to give him your menu, put it on his little tray, and strap it in. You all fill out your menu. Yes, Mogert gets all the breakfast. Whatever they have to offer, one of each. Okay. Orange juice, I'm assuming. Uh, Claren? He'll get, um, uh, probably just a water and whatever type of meat they got. Pot roast? Yes. Okay. 
Chris. Decisions. Hmm. Come no. on, guys. <laughs> Come on, you're not really <laughs> eating it. I just don't even look. I mark the first thing and then put it back on his tray. Okay, salad. Uh, all right, uh, then uh, York. <laughs> York marks next to pot roast, and then underneath that he writes, extra pot roast, no potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Protein only, please. Okay, once you've all got your menus, you, you put them onto the little tray, latch them on, and give them back. He, he kind of goes over, and he, like, picks the pin up with his teeth. He can barely get his nose up on the top of like to the table, he like gets it and rolls it off, catches it in his teeth, and then runs off back into the room. And he's gone for a while. And you're all just chilling in this room. There's a fireplace. What is going on right now? I don't know, but I like it. Torgan goes back to the window. Torgan, you go to the window, you look out. Uh, at this point, it's definitely getting dark outside. There is uh, some light glowing to the front of the house where you're staying. Um, it's a... Uh, it looks the same out there. No signs of any danger, no blood, no sign of a battle. And you're just it's like you're in this pocket. The pocket full of sunshine. Where are the orcs? Cure, can you can you speak to that dog? <laughs> <laughs> Mogert will I just, don't think so. Mogert will start laughing. That's yeah. hilarious. Like that was real Mogert. I, I don't think that wolves speak dog. Oh. But also, I don't know Wolf. <laughs> okay. Huh. <laughs> well, if no one else is doing anything, Torgan will go upstairs. I want to go upstairs. Mogert's just chilling in the chair. I'm just rocking my seat back and forth. What about Chris? What's Chris doing? The dogs seem pretty adamant about us going to the chairs, so I'm going to stay there. Georg and Torgan, you both kind of get up and, and wander over. You see the, the doorway that leads to the staircase. And you, you're going to try and go up there and look around? Yep. Yes. You go to the door, uh, you step onto the platform, and you immediately run into an invisible wall. Hmm. Wow. It's like you walked right into a flat stone wall and like busted your nose on it. You can, feel, you can put your hands forward and feel it. There's nothing there that you can see. You can see right plain through it, but man, it is a solid stone force of wall right there. We did. I try to run and shoulder into it. Cool. Okay. Like a Go door. Ahead. Go ahead and give me uh, like an athletics check. Uh, that's a 23 total. Okay. You take four bludgeoning damage. <sighs> Oof. You hit that wall really hard, and Can it we... is as solid as a stone wall. Do we hear him hit the wall? <laughs> uh, you hear the sound of a little ringing bell, and you turn, and Bartholomew is standing right there, and he's looking at the two of you, and he just barks. <laughs> oh, he's mad at y'all. Did you understand that? No, I didn't catch it. <laughs> okay. He mad mad. Oh, uh, sorry. I gotta sit down. Torg is gonna get double potatoes, no roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> Torgan sits down too. He walks over the table with you guys. He sits there looking at you for a minute, and then he goes back through the doggy door. This is a very weird place. What is going on? <laughs> But man, it sure is cozy. Like you guys are warm. You can feel it. You shed the pelts and the heavy cloaks mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and just like, man, like the moment that you start to do that, Bartholomew comes out and impressively carries a number of beverages on his tray without spilling any of them. Waters all around, orange juice for Mogert, and a nice cup of steaming hot coffee for uh, for Torgan. Wow. Well, I guess if if this is where we die, it's not a bad place to go. 
<laughs> you know, Bartholomew, you would be best friends with Smokey. He would love you. You would be best friends. He just kind of looks up at you with his tongue hanging out. And then he takes off back into the room with the doggy door. A couple minutes later, he comes back. He starts bringing food. First, he brings a salad, puts it in front of Chris. Thank you. Uh, he goes back. He can only do one at a time. I mean, he is a pretty small dog. He goes back. He brings out two plates of breakfast food for, Mo- for Mogert. One with biscuits and gravy. One with eggs, bacon, Aha! Uh, and all that good Thank stuff. Thank you. Grits, hash browns. He goes back in. He comes back with some pot roast. And there are actually three big piles of pot roast for Kjork. No potatoes. Oh, yeah. And then he goes and also gets pot roast, but a plate with a regular pot roast plate with gravy and mashed potatoes and all that good stuff for Claren. And Torkin didn't order any food, right? Right. Kind of feeling bad about it, but he's not going to say anything. He comes and he brings a bowl of minestrone and sits it over there for you anyway. Ah, good boy. And then he disappears again back into the doggy door. So where's the doggy door? There's a door. Uh, I told you, like, the room is not that big. There are about four of these small circular tables that can hold four or five people. Um, these nice hardwood floors. They're shiny and pristine. There is a beautiful, uh, looks like hand-carved wooden bar that runs down the length on the opposite side of the room of where you guys are sitting. And at the end of that bar, there is a door, like a human-sized door. And there's a pretty big-sized doggy door there that's big enough not only for him to go through, but for something on his back to go through without getting knocked off. Okay. I eat my pot roast. Everybody eats? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You fill your stomachs, and after filling your bellies, the lateness of the hour settles in on you. You realize how, man, you're tired. You're exhausted. I mean, you you really wore yourselves out out there, and now, after being so cold and then coming in where it's so nice and warm and cozy and then getting such a full belly, you're just... You're so sleepy, and it's almost like the moment that you realize how tired you are, uh, you hear the doggy door and the bell, and here comes Bartholomew again with uh, five more papers strapped to his tray on his back. He brings them to Torgan. Torgan takes the papers, reads them. You got five papers, uh, and you pass them around? Sure. On the papers, it's got uh, a list, and it says prices, and underneath it, it's got five Options. Uh, each one has a little checkbox next to it. The first says rooms, five silver per night. The second one says steam bath, two silvers. Third one says evening dessert and coffees, two silvers. The fourth one says massage room, three silvers. And then the last one, I said four, there are five, I don't know. Uh, the last one says special package in big, bold, flowing letters. Get one night and all special amenities for one gold. And then underneath it, it has an asterisk and says, Gratuity not included. Hmm. I checked Mark next to the steam bath and a room. I marked those. He got a, a number one and a number two. Yep. Okay. What about Mogert? Hmm. Uh, special box okay. or special plan. I want that one. Special package. Yeah, that one. Number five. Chris. I'm going straight for the number five. Okay, Chris got a number five. What about Torgan? Torgan will take a number five. Oh, yeah. All right. And then Claren. I'll do what Kjork does because I'm cold and just sleepy. A one and a two. Okay, a number one and a number two, right? So a room and a steam bath. So he Uh collects the papers 
uh, from you all. He takes them into the back room. He disappears for just a moment, and then he comes back, and on his back, like, click. It almost looks like it's made to click into the tray. There's a little collection box, and he goes to each of you to collect your payments, which would be seven silvers for Kjorg, seven silvers for Claren, and one gold from each of the rest of you. Who am I sitting beside? Who are you sitting beside? Chris. Okay, you sitting by Chris? Cool. Yep. Okay. I'll pay for it. Don't steal. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you gonna do? I want to. I want to take a gold piece. You're gonna try and steal a gold piece <laughs> off off uh, Chris? Yep. Okay. First, tell me how you're gonna do it. I'll say that you're sitting on the side where his coin purse is visible. So, yeah. Whenever he, uh, whenever he goes to get his gold piece, mm-hmm. his his gold bag is gone. You're gonna try and take his whole bag. Yep. Like during this time that you've been sitting with him, you've looked for an opportunity to steal it and stolen his whole bag. Yep. Okay, since he's sitting so close to you, I'm going to let you guys roll contesting rolls. You're going to roll a sleight of hand, and he's going to roll perception. I, I, I might oh, I would just use passive, but for this, I'm going to give him the chance to roll, okay? How do I do this? Do I just roll a d20? You, you're rolling sleight of hand. Chris, you're doing perception. Oh, my gosh. Let's go! You. Oh, oh, my gosh. Wow. Get out of here. My money. <laughs> George rolled get? a 20. Dirty. I rolled a 21. Chris wow. got a 21. Wow. What are that wow, that's that was close. That was close. I saw that 20 pop up and my heart sank. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. Okay, Kjorg, wow. you go to take his gold purse. And Chris, you look down, and Kjorg is, has got his hand around your coin purse. Oh, my gosh. I just look at him. I go, Kjorg, we're friends. If you need it, just ask. What? What are you talking about? I'm, <laughs> your, your hand is in my coin purse. I thought this was your rocks. You can't use them. Why would you? I wanted to see how those things work. I just hand him a gold piece and then smack his hand. <laughs> okay well that was something uh, okay so uh, uh, Chris you pay for yours Georg, do you pay for yours do you use the gold piece what do you do I use the gold piece okay do you want change no okay so you just give it to him as a tip yep I, I am very impressed by this dog service I'm gonna lay like an extra two gold in there for him what? holy cow I mean, you got that money. You, Chris got that money. All right, you uh, you drop three gold in there, and uh, Bartholomew gives a little yep, and then he turns around. I bark back, and he he goes back into the doggy door. He comes back without the uh, without the box. Instead, he's got like uh, five little key rings hanging onto his leather strap, and he brings them over to you, Chris. Oh, thank you. I was gonna take his gold purse and then take enough gold to pay for everybody's stuff and then put it back. <laughs> that would have been good. That, <laughs> that also would have been good. That would have been funny. Maybe next oh. time. Um, you take them off and they are numbered one through five, and uh, you pass them out. As you take the keys uh, from him, Bartholomew goes and stands by the opening to the stairs. Hmm. So I guess we're allowed past it now, and I just. Start walking towards the steps. Is this, is this a trap? You all take your keys. Y'all got your keys. 
Yeah. Yeah. You all approach him, and before you can even get to him, he starts walking up the steps. Hmm. Jorg, you stick your hand out and kind of feel. Yep. <laughs> That's nothing Nothing there. Wide open. Open air. I run up the stairs. You take off. You hit a wall, a solid, invisible wall. <laughs> no, you, uh, you take off right behind him. Bartholomew is a few steps ahead of you. You all walk up the steps. It's a uh, short little you know, staircase up one side and then back up the other side, and you are on the second floor of this quaint little inn. There are what looks like six rooms up here. Uh, they are numbered one through six. Uh, off to the left side, there are three, and off to the right side, there are three, and they are staggered. One on the left, two on the right, three on the left, four on the right, five on the left, six on the right. You guys have one through five, and so you all just sort of take them. Uh, you put your keys in. You go inside. Nice little rooms. I mean, there's a, about a full-size bed in each one. Um, there is a clawfoot tub in each one. There's a little table and two little chairs at each table. Uh, there are candles to be lit. There's a fireplace in each room, small fireplace that is already bright and warm, warming the room for you uh, on this cold night. What do you do? Torgan goes to bed, locks the door. Torgan, you go in and lock the door. Margaret's not going to lock her door. Her family's very open family. They don't lock their doors. Do you all go to your rooms? Yes. Does it say okay. when evening coffee and desserts is? It doesn't say, um, but everybody has a room, and everybody has a steam bath, okay? You all go into your rooms, you shut the door. Uh, Torgan, you go to lock the door, and before you can lock it, the lock turns. Oh, we're dead. And the lock's for you. Uh, we're dead! Oh, uh, lock's for me? Steam bath as in gas. <laughs> <laughs> it locks. And you all notice, once you're inside, uh, you hear Bartholomew kind of turn and hop back down the stairs. Here's a little bell tinkling, and then your doors lock. If they were open, they shut and then lock. Uh. Uh. Guys? That ain't cool, bro. What is this? Ah, how convenient. None of you, you're all in your own rooms. Whoa! <laughs> and I go get in the steam bath. You've all got the tubs in your room. There's nothing in them. You're in the room. There's a fire burning. There's a like a little candle lamp lit, like I said, over to one side. The door is locked, and um, as you're all kind of like wondering what the heck's going on, you do hear a sound, and it is the sound of running water. And you turn, and there is what looks like a spigot in the end of uh, one side of the claw tub, and hot, steaming water is coming out of it into the bath. It just takes off pouring. I mean, fast, too. Do any of you like go over and investigate? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I go investigate. Mogret definitely goes over and fills the water. See it sees if it's really as hot as it looks. It's hot. Ooh, it's hot. I mean, it is a hot, hot, steamy bath. It's not hot enough to hurt you. It, it would be a little uncomfortable when you first got in it. Mogret, as you go over and look at the water, there's something you notice. You don't see there's there's not any pipes running into this thing. You get down, there's no pipes under it. The spigot is in the side of the tub, but there's like no, there's nothing running to it. But it looks like clean, crystal clear, hot, steamy water. All of you see it. Gert, dirty. Oh. After a minute, it hits the top and the water stops. Huh. Torgan, there's a hot steam bath. Everybody's got a hot steam bath. The room is steamy. Is this tub big enough for me? Oh, it's big enough for you to get into it. Your feet might stick out one end. I jump in. You jump in. Water goes yep. everywhere. And, like, it just comes out all over the floor. Half the water in that tub comes shooting out of it. And then the water comes back on. And it fills back up until it's where you want it, and you're laying in it. Very nice. Hmm. 
Torgan eases himself into it too. Okay. Does everybody else get in their tub? Yeah. Yeah. Mogert undoes her braid because she's like taking a bath. She don't take many of those. Hasn't taken one of those in a while. So he's really enjoying this. Again, Claren is leery, mm-hmm. but he's going to like, you know, feel it out, put his hand in it, make sure it's okay. Then I guess mosey on in it and just slowly. And Chris? This dog has earned my trust. I'm like fully submerged. <laughs> Zach's like, like, I, have, I have no reason to question any of this. You guys feel all of your weariness and exhaustion just just come right out of your body. It's like the steam just draws all the all the pain and all the cold right out, and you are so comfortable. We're dead. You can almost sleep. You don't, but you know it's just like man, it's the most relaxed you've been in a long, long time. Chris starts crying. <laughs> Eventually, you know, your water starts to cool off and you've you've had a good soak and it's, you know, you, your fingers and toes get wrinkly. So you know it's time to get out and you climb up out of the tub. There are nice fluffy towels there beside the tub. Draw off, get ready for bed. Uh, you get dried off, you get cleaned up, and at that moment, those of you, which is Kjorg and Claren, it's it's bedtime, I guess. Oh, yes. Go to bed. You can do whatever you want, you know, obviously, but um, that's all. I check for fur. A couple moments later, like the moment, like the moment you get dried off and like you, you sit on the bed or sit in the chair or whatever you may do, there's a little knock at the door, starting at the the in in order by number, whichever room, whoever's first, and uh, in comes Bartholomew with a little plate. Little saucer with a little, one of those little silver bowl things on top with the handle, and a hot cup of coffee with cream and sugar, if you want it. How did you knock? Amazing. How did you knock? He has a tail. <laughs> His tail's just like. What is Mogert's favorite dessert? Um, probably some kind of pie. Okay, what kind of pie? What berries are originated from your place? <laughs> yeah, what berries are out in the dryland? Schnozberries. Oh, wow. Schnozzes. The schnozberries taste, taste like, like schnozberries. Wow. Um. Okay. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Blueberry, blackberries, probably pretty common out there. All right. We'll do a blackberry pie. Okay. There's a nice, warm slice of blackberry pie. Bartholomew. This is, this is great. Thank you. He turns, and he goes out, and the door closes behind him. She eats it. It doesn't lock this time, though. It just closes. Oh, that's nice. Goes to the next room. We'll say Torgan comes to your room. Torgan, you hear a little little bell ringing and a little, like, knocking at the door. Opens the door. There is Bartholomew. It's got a little saucer with a little silver thing on top of it and some hot coffee. Mmm. Good boy. Coffee. What's Torgan's favorite dessert? Coffee cake. My guy. Okay, so that's a big <laughs> slice of coffee cake. Mmm. It's delicious. How'd you know? He gives a little yip. He turns around. He leaves. He goes to Chris's door. He knocks. Does Chris open the door? No. Yes. You open the door. Uh, he comes in. A little saucer. Hot cup of coffee. What's Chris's favorite dessert? Cheesecake. Nice. Just like plain cheesecake? Just plain cheesecake, yeah. Okay. No berries on that thing. Plain cheesecake. You pick it up exactly how you want it. It's chilled cheesecake. Chilled cheesecake with the hot coffee is bruh. That's a good combo. Uh, hang it, Zach. There you go. And he gives a little yip, turns around and leaves. The door shuts. Doesn't lock, but it's shut behind you. Kjorg, are you in the bed? Yes. Alright. Uh, Claren, you in the bed? 
Yep. But I was checking for fur first. Checking for fur on your body? Yes. No fur. Okay. I gotta sleep. The moment you guys lay down and get in the bed, the lights in the room dim, like on a dimmer. <laughs> the fire dies down to a nice, low burn, the crackling of the wood, and you find yourselves drifting right off to sleep. The other three of you, you have your coffee, you have your dessert, you stretch. It's quiet. It's dark out. What do you do? Mogert gets on the bed and braids her hair and gets ready for bed. I wonder if Gertie ever came to this very odd place. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'll probably come here again. Five stars. Five stars, Bartholomew. Does he hear me? <laughs> he doesn't. There's no response. Oh. Maybe he's asleep. Torgan? Torgan will sip his coffee and just really content. His mind is off the, the troubles of earlier in the day. and mm. He'll sit on his bed and start winding down. And Chris? Uh, I'm going to sit on the bed. I'm going to remove my uh, fake arm and just lay it beside me. And then I'm going to untie my sock and start going through all my rocks, basically making sure they're all there. Not going to sleep yet. So nothing happens. There's no more knocks at the door, no more responses. You guys did pay for the massage room, but nobody comes to your door tonight. Nothing happens. Eventually it gets late enough. Uh, Mogert, you're on the bed. Uh, Torgan, you're on the bed. You too, I'm assuming, start to drift off to sleep. Yep. Chris, you eventually count all your rocks a dozen times. Do you lay back on this on the bed? Only after I do it a dozen times. Okay. I have a very important question for you three. Okay. Back sleepers, belly sleepers, or side sleepers? What? Your characters, back, belly, or side sleepers? Back sleeper, back sleeper. Okay. Um, side sleeper. Chris? Back sleeper. Okay. You all fall asleep. Shortly <laughs> after falling asleep, you are all awakened. Not no, You don't know this, but at the same moment by something grabbing a hold of you in the dark. Oh, that's freaking me out. I'm not even in there yet. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? It's dark in there. Is this a massage? (laughs) Who's on their back? Chris and 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 Torgan, both of you on your back? Yeah. Yeah. It grabs you, tosses you into the air, brings you down on your stomach, holds you down, and begins massaging your shoulders and your back. (laughs) I knew it. Whoa, whoa. What? Mogert, you are on your side. Yeah. It, it, it starts at your shoulders, and then, and then, bef- with the moment you start to freak out and resist, you're also like pulled over onto your belly, massage style, and it begins to roughly massage your shoulders and your back. What is this? <laughs> Do any of you say anything or respond in any way? <laughs> that was her response. What is? I'd say while I, while I'm getting flipped over, I'm kind of like. Ah, and then as soon as they start massaging, it's just like. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Torgan? Uh, Torgan will do about the same as Chris. Okay. Does Mogert? Does she give in to the massage no, she, as well? She's resisting. I don't like it. I don't like okay. it. Okay, Mogert, like you're pushing back. You're fighting. You're looking around. It feels, I mean, you're not familiar with massage, but it feels like someone's taking their hand and kneading the muscles in your back and your shoulders. But you look around, and I'm telling you, there's not a soul in this room. What is going on? It's creepy. Or at the very least, you can't see anyone in this room. Me and Kjorg just in our room just dead asleep. (laughs) Bartholomew, please. I'm being attacked. Mogert, you're yelling. You're resisting. Your door opens. 
and then you hear a little bell and it closes and Bartholomew comes up and he hops his front paws up on the bed beside you and he kind of nuzzles your cheek. I don't know why you're not helping me. There's someone that I, but you're so soft. I don't know what to do. <laughs> After, you know, the appropriate length for a massage, it, uh, it stops and you hear a small sound that almost sounds like a, like a whisper. The heck? Not saying anything, just like a Oh, that was the ghost, the massage ghost. Uh. <laughs> massage ghost. Massage ghost. Massage ghost. Kind of like high five ghost. Yes, high five ghost. Is uh, Bartholomew still in my room or did he leave? When the massage is over, Bartholomew gives you like a little lick on the cheek and then he hops down and leaves. I'm guessing that it was the massage. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that again, Bartholomew. Mogert. Yes. You do feel really relaxed. <laughs> and you feel relaxed. It's best comfortable. I mean, I mean, it is. She'll probably just lay down. <laughs> you fall asleep. You all sleep through the night. We did. You sleep through the night. It is a beautiful sleep. And to be honest, you guys are actually in bed pretty early. I mean, the, the sun went down pretty early. Um, you are asleep by, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Georg, you guys probably about 30 minutes before them. And, of course, you didn't awake to the massage, but the massage just deepened your sleep when all things were said and done. You all wake up the next morning uh, to the sound of a bell uh, as a little dog is running down the hallway and, like, pecking on each of your doors. And as he does, they all open. And the smell of breakfast wafts up through the staircase into your rooms. And the sun is shining brightly. The night begins to shine. Mm. So that's a long rest, right? Yes, long rest. Cool. Kjork gets up and heads for breakfast. Uh, does everybody else sit down for breakfast? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Margaret's got all of her gear on and has her shell on and her hair's braided and she looks very refreshed. All right. So you all go downstairs? Yeah. Yes. I walk yes. downstairs in my pants and my little white like undershirt thing that has the t- the, the the ropes in the middle. You know what I'm talking about, Paul? Those old Tommy undershirts. I do. With all my stuff in my hand. <laughs> you uh, you come down and there the table where you guys sat the night before is spread with everything you could possibly want for breakfast: fresh fruit, biscuits, gravy, eggs, bacon, sausage, uh, some little gel, some little jams and jellies. You know, uh, fresh butter, all that stuff. Torgan will sit at a chair and like collect a couple of the other coffees Mm -hmm. that are uh, at adjacent places and kind of move them to to his place. Just move them to yourself. Okay. Plenty of coffee. Um, Bartholomew keeps coming out and he keeps refilling a little pitcher uh, with coffee uh, every time you empty it. He just keeps refilling it. They also refill the pitchers with milk and, and with orange juice and all that stuff. Orange juice. You guys have your fill. You feel great. You feel rejuvenated. Uh, in fact, everybody have a solid 15 uh, temporary hit points. Hey, oh oh. 15 temporary hit points. Okay. You've all done this. You've all had your breakfast. You've all had a great night's sleep. And Bartholomew kind of walks in and uh, he just kind of sits down on the floor looking at you all between the table where you're sitting and the door to the outside. I get up and start heading to the door. Did anyone else get attacked during the night? <laughs> what? 
That was the massage yogurt. That was the massage? You were attacked. It was oh, yes. awful, Kyorgi. Wasn't it great? It was amazing. It was awful. I felt pretty good after. They must have been very weak. But they attacked me. It was awful. What's a massage? <laughs> Just ask Bartholomew. He'll tell you. I don't speak, Doug. Kyor, do you get up and walk over to the door? To the kitchen? Yes. There's no door handle. I push on it. It feels like it is shut very tightly, like nailed shut or something. And Bartholomew quickly gets up, runs over there, and starts yipping at your feet, barking. He mad. I crawl through the doggy door. <laughs> you cannot. You can stick your head through. I stick my head through. You stick your head through. You're looking around. Uh, the barking increases. Kyorgi. What are y'all doing? Y'all just let this happen? I look harder. Kyorgi, stop. What do I see? You look through. You see a kitchen. You can see what looks like a kitchen off to your left and ahead of you. It's hard to see from this angle, and part of the door is blocking your vision. You do see another door uh, up and to the right inside that room. It looks clean. It smells like bacon in there. Is anyone in here? <laughs> can I reach the door handle from the inside? There is no door handle. Mugger's gonna bend down. Kyorgi, what are you? Are you turning into that werewolf again? What are you doing? This is a doggy door. Bartholomew's you still barking. I poke my head out and go. Ha, 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 ha. This is a doggy door. <laughs> She's like pulling him out. Torgan draws a hand axe. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to pull him out of the doggy door. I'm so sorry, Bartholomew. You can pull him out. You pull him out. <laughs> Bartholomew keeps barking, but once you pull him out of the, the door, he just kind of like whimpers and stops and just sits there looking at you guys. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on here. How big is Chris compared to Bartholomew? <laughs> <laughs> he is larger than yes. Bartholomew, but he is also pretty slender. But Bartholomew has to have the tray. Ah. That's right. There's a little, and it's even a little taller than the tray. The doggy door is a little taller. If he were to turn his body sideways, he might could get through. Chris. Chris. You know, ready to go through another hole in the wall. <laughs> we need your help. I mean, I never went through the first one. This is redemption moment, right? <laughs> Bartholomew goes. Yes. I look at him. I want to pull out five gold pieces. <laughs> He stands in front of it. He looks up at you with big, pouty puppy dog eyes. I want to pull out five gold pieces. Can I go back in the kitchen for this? He doesn't move. He doesn't change his reaction. You're making him sad. Just leave him alone. Who cares what's going on here? At least we feel better. The massage was awful, but at least we feel better. <laughs> Don't listen to her. I thought it was great. What are you going to do, Chris? <sighs> no, I, I can't do it. And I want to look at Bartholomew, and I just go, I'm sorry for the way they acted, and I give him the gold anyways. You put the gold on his little tray? Yeah. Wow. So you don't go through? No. Does Bartholomew go back through? Not not right now he doesn't. He's he's staying there looking at you all. Making sure we don't do anything stupid. <laughs> Come on, Chris. You don't want to know what's going on here? I mean, it seems magical. It's not really a mystery to me. So I'm not that curious, no. So magical, why can't he just speak to us? Well, he is still a dog. That's pretty rude, Kyorgi. <laughs> we didn't treat you like that when you were a wolf. Uh, yeah, we tr you tried to. <laughs> he tried to attack me first. Some of you did, and then you tried to, to keep me chained up. Well, you, you did. That was for our sake. What was chained was unleashed. <gasw> so are you throwing me through this door or not? 
<laughs> he wants us to do it. Okay. No, <laughs> no okay. we're not going to throw you there. <laughs> Speak to me. He does that dog thing where his head kind of like turns to the side like he doesn't understand. He starts scratching behind his ear <laughs> and licking his paw. I hand him a sock. He's so cute. Is he a free dog? He is not. <laughs> he chews on the sock. That's fine. I have, a, I have a collection of them in my pouch. I don't think we're going to figure anything out with this unless we burn the place down. <laughs> I start digging through my sock. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pull out a redstone. Just kidding. We better not do that. I won't jump through the door, but I will light this whole place on fire. You watch. <laughs> I, re- I re- uh, reach down to shake the dog's paw. He shakes your hand. Doggy handshake. Thank you, Bartholomew. Thank you, Bartholomew. You have been been so great. She pets him on the head. Are you open tonight? <laughs> Turns his head again to the side, like he doesn't really understand. I turn to the other guys. Well, as much as I wish we could uh, just stay here for a few more days, I guess we still are on a mission, and I don't have a ton of gold anyways. Yes. Yeah, I don't think we have much time. Let's be going. You all step outside the door? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bye, Bartholomew. I do. I bark at Bartholomew. He barks back. I shed one single tear. I go. You all go outside. You start walking across the grass. You hear the little bell. Bartholomew stands on the, uh, the porch looking at you all. As you walk out toward the exit of the cavern, you hear the little bell again. You turn. You see him turning back inside, and the door closes behind him. And you all walk toward the icy cold morning. And the moment that you step out of the tunnel onto the snowy ground, you hear a sound. It kind of sounds like wood creaking. And you turn back, and the inn is gone. What? Ah, dang it. That dog is very tricky. What? I think that might be my new favorite NPC. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and that is where we're gonna have to end this week's no. episode. Bartholomew. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been a very interesting episode of Make Believe Heroes. As uh, was stated earlier, this Bartholomew and the house, the inn, is a creation of one of our patrons, Madlock. Uh, Madlock, thank you so much for bringing Bartholomew into existence. That's really and cool. for letting us use him, this was uh, a real pleasure. Yeah, that was awesome. Next week, we get back to other things. Probably not quite as fun and uh, cozy. I didn't know that the house was the NPC. Well, I mean, most of it. I mean, I, I took some liberties, but most of it was Madlock stuff. Thanks so much. It was fun. That does it for us this week. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Adios, amigos. Ireland. The review says... Wait, is that your washer going You hear that dryer back there? This is a podcast where we listen to my dryer in the background. (laughs) Go ahead. Where there's a whip, there's a way. Where there's a whip, there's a way. We don't want to go to war today. Where there's a whip, there's a way. But the Lord of the Lash says... Sorry. (laughs) This is from the old... Rankin and Bass Return of the King cartoon. 
No, no, no. That's such a great song. Such a great cartoon. I listen to that when I'm working out sometimes. Have y'all ever watched Monsters, Inc.? Yes. Never heard of it. You remember <laughs> the Abominable Snowman on there? Yes. yes. Is that who we're about to meet? <laughs> Is he going to make no. snow Don't eat the yellow us? snow! <laughs> Can you do that accent, Paul? Hey, uh, I was, uh, wondering. <laughs> yeah, I was outside. I got some snow cones. <laughs> I, didn't, pretty I, good. I didn't get the yellow ones. So, you know, you, your fingers and toes get wrinkly, so you know it's time to get out. And you climb up out of the tub. Fun fact. The reason your fingers and toes get wrinkly is because that's your skin's way of having grip when it's wet. Thought you might want to know that. Good <laughs> <laughs> information. That's really why it does it. Is that uh, true? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it is. Fun fact. Grip fingers. You're basically Spider-Man after <laughs> So it doesn't mean anything. Baths. It just means that your, your, your body knows it's wet, so it's trying to get grip. Continue. Okay, <laughs> so you, uh, you get out with your grip fingers. 